Book 19, Chapters 8 and 9 of the Antiquities of the Jews, Volume 4. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole K. The Antiquities of the Jews, Volume 4, by Flavius Josephus. Translated by William Whiston. Book 19, Chapters 8 and 9. Chapter 8. What other acts were done by Agrippa until his death, and after what manner he died? When Agrippa had finished what I have above related at Berytus, he removed to Tiberias, a city of Galilee. Now he was in great esteem among other kings. Accordingly there came to him Antiochus, king of Camalina, Sampsigarathnus, king of Emesa, and Cotis, who was king of the lesser Armenia, and Polemo, who was king of Pontus, as also Herod his brother, who was king of Chalcis. All these he treated with agreeable entertainments, and after an obliging manner, and so as to exhibit the greatness of his mind, and so as to appear worthy of those respects which the kings paid to him by coming thus to see him. However, while these kings stayed with him, Marcus, the president of Syria, came thither. So the king, in order to preserve the respect that was due to the Romans, went out of the city to meet him as far as seven furlongs. But this proved to be the beginning of a difference between him and Marcus, for he took with him in his chariot those other kings as his assessors. But Marcus had a suspicion what the meaning could be of so great a friendship of these kings one with another, and did not think so close an agreement of so many potentates to be for the interest of the Romans. He therefore sent some of his domestics to every one of them, and enjoined them to go their ways home without further delay. This was very ill taken by Agrippa, who after that became his enemy. And now he took the high priesthood away from Matthias, and made Elionius, the son of Cantheras, high priest in his stead. Now when Agrippa had reigned three years over all Judea, he came to the city Caesarea, which was formerly called Strato's Tower, and there he exhibited shows in honor of Caesar upon his being informed that there was a certain festival celebrated to make vows for his safety, at which festival a great multitude was gotten together of the principal persons, and such as were of dignity through his province. On the second day of which shows he put on a garment made wholly of silver, and of a contexture truly wonderful, and came into the theatre early in the morning, at which time the silver of his garment, being illuminated by the fresh reflection of the sun's rays upon it, shone out after a surprising manner, and was so resplendent as to spread a horror over those that looked intently upon him. And presently his flatterers cried out, one from one place and another from another, though not for his good, that he was a god, and they added, be thou merciful to us, for although we have hitherto reverenced thee only as a man, yet shall we henceforth own thee as superior to mortal nature. 
Upon this the king did neither rebuke them, nor reject their impious flattery; but as he presently afterward looked up, he saw an owl sitting on a certain rope over his head, and immediately understood that this bird was the messenger of ill tidings, as it had once been the messenger of good tidings to him, and fell into the deepest sorrow. A severe pain also arose in his belly, and began in a most violent manner. He therefore looked upon his friends and said, I, whom you call a god, am commanded presently to depart this life, while providence thus reproves the lying words you just now said to me, and I, who was by you called immortal, am immediately to be hurried away by death. But I am bound to accept of what providence allots, as it pleases God. For we have by no means lived ill, but in a splendid and happy manner. When he said this, his pain was become violent. Accordingly, he was carried into the palace, and the rumor went abroad everywhere that he would certainly die in a little time. But the multitude presently sat in sackcloth with their wives and children after the law of their country, and besought God for the king's recovery. All places were also full of mourning and lamentation. Now the king rested in a high chamber, and as he saw them below lying prostrate on the ground, he could not himself forbear weeping. And when he had been quite worn out by the pain in his belly for five days, he departed this life, being in the fifty-fourth year of his age, and in the seventh year of his reign. For he reigned four years under Caius Caesar. Three of them were over Philip's tetrarchy only, and on the fourth he had that of Herod added to it. And he reigned, besides those, three years under the reign of Claudius Caesar, in which time he reigned over the forementioned countries, and also had Judea added to them, as well as Samaria and Caesarea. The revenues that he received out of them were very great, no less than twelve millions of drachmae. Yet did he borrow great sums from others, for he was so very liberal that his expenses exceeded his incomes, and his generosity was boundless. But before the multitude were made acquainted with Agrippa's being expired, Herod, the king of Chalcis, and Helcius, the master of his horse, and the king's friend, sent Aristo, one of the king's most faithful servants, and slew Silas, who had been their enemy, as if it had been done by the king's own command. Chapter 9 What things were done after the death of Agrippa, and how Claudius, on account of the youth and unskillfulness of Agrippa Jr., sent Cuspius Fadus to be procurator of Judea, and of the entire kingdom. And thus did King Agrippa depart this life, but he left behind him a son, Agrippa by name, a youth in the seventeenth year of his age, and three daughters, one of which, Bernice, was married to Herod, his father's brother, and was sixteen years old. The other two, Mariamne and Drusilla, were still virgins. The former was ten years old, and Drusilla six. Now these his daughters were thus espoused by their father. Marlatone, 
to Julius Arclaus Epiphanes, the son of Antiochus, the son of Celsius, and Drusilla to the king of Comagena. But when it was known that Agrippa was departed this life, the inhabitants of Caesarea and of Sebast forgot the kindnesses he had bestowed on them, and acted the part of the bitterest enemies, for they cast such reproaches upon the deceased as are not fit to be spoken of. And so many of them as were then soldiers, which were a great number, went to his house, and hastily carried off the statues of this king's daughters, and all at once carried them into the brothel-houses. And when they had set them on the tops of those houses, they abused them to the utmost of their power, and did such things to them as are too indecent to be related." They also laid themselves down in public places, and celebrated general feastings with garlands on their heads, and with ointments and libations to Charon, and drinking to one another for joy that the king was expired. Nay, they were not only unmindful of Agrippa, who had extended his liberality to them in abundance, but of his grandfather Herod also, who had himself rebuilt their cities, and had raised them havens and temples at vast expenses. Now Agrippa, the son of the deceased, was at Rome, and brought up with Claudius Caesar. And when Caesar was informed that Agrippa was dead, and that the inhabitants of Sebast and Caesarea had abused him, he was sorry for the first news, and was displeased with the ingratitude of those cities. He was therefore disposed to send Agrippa Jr. away presently to succeed his father in the kingdom, and was willing to confirm him in it by his oath. But those freedmen and friends of his who had the greatest authority with him dissuaded him from it, and said that it was a dangerous experiment to permit so large a kingdom to come under the government of so very young a man, and one hardly yet arrived at years of discretion, who would not be able to take sufficient care of its administration, while the weight of a kingdom is heavy enough to a grown man. So Caesar thought what they said to be reasonable. Accordingly, he sent Cuspins Fadus to be procurator of Judea and of the entire kingdom, and paid that respect to the deceased as not to introduce Marcus, who had been at variance with him, into his kingdom. But he determined in the first place to send orders to Fadus that he should chastise the inhabitants of Caesarea and Sebaste for those abuses they had offered to him that was deceased and their madness towards his daughters that were still alive, and that he should remove that body of soldiers that were at Caesarea and Sebast, with the five regiments into Pontus, that they might do their military duty there, and that he should choose an equal number of soldiers out of the Roman legions that were in Syria to supply their place. Yet were not those that had such orders actually removed, for by sending ambassadors to Claudius they mollified him, and got leave to abide in Judea still, and these were the very men that became the source of very great calamities to the Jews in after times, and sowed the seeds of that war which began under Florus. Whence it was that when Vespasian had subdued the country, he removed them out of his province, as we shall relate hereafter. End of Book 19 Chapters 8 and 9 End of Book 19 Recording by Nicola Kay